Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where super modifieds are king. Methanol is aromatic and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Inside Groove Supermodified Podcast presented by Jeff West and the fine folks at Indie Performance Composites. Also brought to you by the good folks at Skip's Fish Fry and the other good folks at JNS Paving. Uh, really just can't say enough about um, all of them as friends, uh, let alone as show sponsors uh, just appreciate them all and hope that you will support them as often as possible my name is tom baker thank you for joining me for another edition of the groove this is episode 78 and that becomes sort of a fascinating number to talk about in the annals of speedway history so we'll do that uh, a little bit later on in our final segment but um Tell you what we got coming up here. Sometimes these shows write themselves, and in this case, it certainly did. Um, we had the Sandusky Classic last weekend. Mike McVetta got the win, and Mike is joining us on the program. We got the interview. Uh, Mike uh, reached out to me, actually, before I could even reach out to him and said, hey, I know that, uh, you know, you have trouble connecting with drivers sometimes and uh, just wanted to let you know, here's my number and um, happy to talk to you on the show anytime. Would love to talk about the win if you would like to. If not, no problem. And of course, that's exactly what I was planning to do. And so I uh, reached back out to him. Drivers, that is how you should do this. I think in, in all the years I've been doing radio, I can probably count on one hand the number of times that a driver has actually reached out to me and said, hey, I'm willing to come on any time. Um, and I think it's the first time it's happened in the history of this show. And there have been some drivers that uh, I know you all would like to hear from who just simply don't seem to have the time. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's OK. We move on and talk to the drivers that want the time. So. I uh, really appreciate uh, Mike McVetter doing that. That was unusual, to say the least, but uh, really excited about that. Um, so you'll hear from him in a moment. He's going to be our first segment, and we got the better part of an hour out of uh, Mike, actually. We, we talked about a lot of different things, and I think you'll find it fascinating. We kind of soapboxed a little bit about different things, um, which is perfectly okay that's what the <laughs> that's what these shows are for um and went back and forth i think you'll find it very insightful and uh fun to listen to mike is a a terrific guy and i'm happy to see him get the win actually and great to see jeff abel get the win on friday as well and um we're going to try to get jeff on next week um i wanted to get him on this week but mike went long and so um we didn't have, I didn't uh, take the opportunity to reach out to Jeff um, this week because of that. And, you know, again, trying to keep these shows to some sort of an hour to an hour and a half of length. Um, Camden Proud going to be joining us as well. Camden was at Sandusky 
And so he's going to talk about that. And here's the cool thing. I was thinking the other day that I wanted to, because I realized it was almost the end of July already, which I can't believe. But I was thinking the other day that I wanted to start talking about classic on this show. And then I thought, well, it's a little bit early. And then I said, but it's my show. I can classic if I want to. So I was going to start talking about classic. And uh, lo and behold, uh, Cam put out an article (laughs) from the Speedway that uh, talked about the classic schedule. So what perfect, what more perfect way to talk about classic than to talk about the schedule. So we will talk about that. Um, And uh, so... All of that is coming up, and again, uh, looking forward. Hopefully, uh, Jeff is always uh, Jeff Abel. It's always easy to connect with and, and talk to. So, looking forward to doing that for next week, um, and um, we'll get him on and talk to him about his win on Friday. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, looked like a great weekend there, and um, glad that Mother Nature held out, and good to see a decent field of cars that was. Um, obviously more quality than quantity, but there was still a, a good number of cars, uh, for, for that event and really just, uh, happy that everything went as well as it did and everybody got away safely and soundly and everybody had a good time. So, all right. Now I say that the shows write themselves. Well, sometimes the opens write themselves as well. Every once in a while, because I like to do um, a short little monologue about something every time we do the show is is kind of the open and um, just did a five minute preview of what's on the show. But I didn't do anything. uh, (laughs) We didn't do a rant or anything. Well, here's my um, this isn't a rant. This is really just a monologue. And it's something I'm really excited about. Sometimes you just you kind of look for what can I start with that would be cool to talk about. Or, you know, once in a while, it's a soapbox item and, you know, whatever. Well, so um, I recently was given the uh, sort of the the digital edition, if you will, of Kempton Dates' new book. Jody uh, Dates passed along to me so I could see it a copy of the new book. Now I have not, <laughs> I'm actually going to be diving into it tonight. Um, so I haven't even read this thing yet um, to see what it is. For those of you who don't know, um, Kempton dates. And again, you, you really need to get a copy of the book. I urge you all to buy the book. Everybody needs to buy this book. I, I can tell you without seeing it. It's a scrapbook. It's basically a scrapbook, but there are some articles in there. Um, I was humble enough to, to, to get to write the forward for the book, which it was just pure joy to do uh, for Kempton and for the family. Um, and it, it really, I mean, this book is going to be tremendous because it's got a lot of photos, a lot of behind-the-scenes um, Gosh, Faye was, Faye was so, Kemp's wife Faye was so meticulous about keeping track of everything. She would write on the back of, back in the days when you used to get the little paper pit pass that you'd tie to your belt 
um, she'd she, every every week she'd she'd turn the pit pass over and she'd write the results on the back and where Kemp finished. I mean, she, there was all this detail. It was amazing how detailed she was um, about keeping records. Well, you know, again, part of the reason, a big part of the reason why I brought this show back a couple of years ago was I wanted to talk to people like Kemp. I wanted to give them the opportunity to share their story um, while they still could. Uh, because again, my childhood heroes in the seventies um, and, and of course those who are, you know, slightly older than me, the sixties, um, that generation of drivers, you know, many of them have left us. And so the, the main reason I brought the show back to begin with was to be able to, to do um, those interviews, to be able to talk to the drivers that were larger than life to me. So um, I kind of put a lot of that into the the forward of the book um, as well and uh, had a chance to interview Kemp in one of the earliest shows that we did um, back in 2019, I think it was. And um, just had so much fun. Got to go out there uh, two Christmases ago and uh, visit with Kemp and Faye and the family and see the the car that was in at that point in its earliest um, iteration of being restored, his championship-winning car from 1977. That story in and of itself, how he they got the chassis back and the whole I mean, just an amazing story about um, the racing fraternity rallying behind this project and giving hours and dollars, <coughs> excuse me, of, of their time and, and, and their money to, to helping um, Kemp put this car back together and restore it the way that it should be has given him such delight. And my understanding is that on August the 7th, on Retro Night, now... Unfortunately, old timers reunion has been canceled again this year. Um, I, I hate that. Um, I feel awful about that, but I get it. Um, I absolutely 100% get it. Um, they are still having retro night and Kemp is actually going to have the car at retro night. And, uh, I think, I think still intends to, um, suit up. And put put the original helmet on that, that he used to wear, and uh, take some slow laps and pace the field with the car. I I believe that's still the intent. Um, don't hold me to it, but I believe that's still the intent. But he is going to be there. The book will be done. Uh, you know, he'll be signing autographs. They'll have T-shirts. They made up T-shirts for this occasion. Um, I just am so excited to dive into this book. Um, and I wanted to wait until, um, you know, I had an evening, which will be tonight where all the work is done. Everything's behind me and I can just sit down and really just look through it and kind of, um, wander among all the memories, uh, of, of those days and of Kemp's career, because, uh, it's certainly fascinating and was a tremendous career. They're just great people. So, um, I wanted to open the show by kind of letting you know that uh, the book's done, the T-shirts are done, the um, the car is, I would assume, done or, or razor close to done because, again, I think they intend to have it August 7th there. Um, so can't wait for that. 
Hope you all go see it. Um, you know, on August 7th, I hope you all go this weekend to King Wings, too. But uh, I hope you go uh, to Retro Night on the 7th to uh, visit with Kemp and just thank him for all the blood, sweat, and tears that he put in over the years. And thank Faye, too, because we don't often uh, give enough credit to the racing wives and the family because they sacrifice a lot of time with the driver. So the driver can be in the shop working on the car and then racing it on the weekends. And um, so, you know, thank them for uh, for for just being part of uh, such a, a special part of our childhood um, and or part of Speedway history. Um, you know, I know that Kemp will appreciate uh, seeing everybody. So excited, excited, excited about that. And uh, thanks to Jody for um, letting me get a look at that. I promise uh, I'll look at it tonight. Um, just haven't had the occasion to sit down when I can go all the way through it. It's a pretty thick book. It's, I think, a couple hundred pages, a lot of pictures, um, just a lot of um, a lot of different things in the book. It's not your typical story book. There is some, there are some stories in there, but it's um, it's really a memorabilia book. So it's very unique, and uh, can't wait to uh, to to actually see the finished product here. So. Um, Again, uh, congratulations, Jody. Thank you for all the work that you and everybody associated put into all of this. And uh, Kempton, uh, you're the man. Can't wait to see that car on the racetrack again with you in it. Um, I don't care if it runs 28-second laps. That's all that matters is it's on the track and it's painted and, you know, we can just um, stare at it in, in awe and, uh, and appreciate you. So with that, we are going to step aside. Um, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Mike McVetta as Inside Groove gets underway for another week. Stay with us. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. Joining us on the Inside Groove podcast right now is your 2021 High Miler Super Modified Classic winner, from Sandusky Speedway, Mr. Mike McVetta. And Mike, I do believe that it has been about a year and some months since you and I last spoke because I think the last time that we talked and uh, you were on the groove was after another big win out uh, in the Midwest at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway back uh, in March of last year. So great to have you back on the program and congratulations on a really big win. Uh, thank you, Tom. I, I appreciate you having me. Um, really looking forward to it. Well, we always uh, look forward to talking to you as well. And uh, it was, uh, I will tell the listeners that uh, Mike actually reached out to me earlier this week and said, hey, man, just uh, I know you have trouble sometimes uh, connecting with drivers to be on the show. And uh, I just thought I'd reach out and let you know that I'd love to talk to you anytime. And uh I kind of looked at that and looked at it again and went, wow, I think in uh, the entire two-year history or two and a half years that I brought this podcast back, I don't think that's ever happened before. So uh appreciate uh, Mike's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, willingness to reach out. Um, and let's talk about uh, Sandusky a bit. So 
Um, I felt like that, um, I mean, there's always, you're never totally happy unless you have 50 cars. That's, we all, you know, I mean, I think in our, especially in our mind, you know, those of us who are older, um, you know, we have trouble sometimes accepting reality. But with that being said, I felt like this was a really good field of cars. And moreover, it seemed like the racing was really good. Um, give us kind of an overview of, uh, I mean, we'll get into the details of the race in a bit, but give us kind of an overview of uh, your thoughts on the weekend overall. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Tom. And, you know, we had a, a good car count and, and it was really good cars too. I mean, when yes. you look at that, uh, that roster, you know, I bet there was 15 cars that could have won. I agree. The other night. Uh, so the, the, the competition is just, you know, through the roof right now uh, with super modified racing. And I think that's uh, across MSS, ISMA and Oswego too. I think it's, it's, it's just a, a, a tough group of guys. I mean, there's, there's no uh, back markers really anymore. It's all real good quality cars. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, like I said, I think the field there uh, the other night uh, or over the weekend uh, was, was really stellar. And uh, of course, Jeff uh, got the win on Friday, which was neat to see. Um, and, you know, you had uh, a pretty good weekend overall, obviously winning the big dance on on Saturday. Talk about your weekend a little bit and start with Friday for us. Uh, well, we actually did not make it Friday. I ran the oh. Rich Volger Classic uh, in a USAC Silvertown car on Thursday. The results, okay. So uh, we never made it to the track Friday. Um, you know, Sometimes you need that break uh, with family okay. to uh, keep everything in check there. So, um, And we didn't get back from Indiana until late afternoon. So anytime you get into a situation where you're rushing, uh, you're, you're going to forget something and, and create a problem. So uh, we felt it was best to sit out Friday and put all of our effort into Saturday. And it sure worked out for us. Well, you can't, uh, you, you certainly can't knock that. I had, I swore I saw you in the top 10 on Friday. Um, I must have uh, been dreaming, and that wouldn't be the first time that's happened, uh, especially in my advancing age. But um, <laughs> I, I had thought that I saw that you were back, back in the top 10. I'll have to go look and see who that was now that I thought was Mike McVetta. Um, but um, at any rate, uh, it was definitely a good uh, a good race for you on Saturday, and you're right. Now I I know that had to be somewhat difficult for you to um, to not run on Friday. I think every driver believes that the more practice, the more you know, the more time we spend on the track, somehow that makes us better. And you kind of went the opposite way and said, look. I don't, I don't want to take the chance on Friday, and yeah, I need some time with the family. Let's just go race Saturday and put all of our best effort into that one day, and uh, you turned it into a win. Yeah, exactly. We had, you know, with with running the MSS series uh, here in Ohio, we were at Sandusky July 3rd uh, for their show, uh, and, and honestly, that didn't go very well for us. Uh, we came home and kind of went back to the drawing board with the car because uh, we just weren't happy with it and unloaded Saturday morning and it was just phenomenal right out of the box uh, better than it's been in a few years so oh wow we're hoping that you know those notes can um, 
you know, apply to Oswego and, and apply to Oswego with the Oswego wing too. Um, we're certainly going to try some of the things that we changed there uh, and see if we can get better in that aspect too. It's interesting that um, you would talk about that. We There's been so much discussion, I feel like, over the last number of years about, um, you know, the, the changeover from, say, you know, Oswego to an ISMA race or even the difference between running an ISMA race at Oswego and, and uh, you know, so the top wing versus tail wing, I guess, is where I'm going with this. It seems like um, there's been so much discussion, and you're, you've always been one of the drivers, one of the few, who's basically just kind of said, you know what, um, I'm going to do my best to try to race it all. Um, you know, talk about how, you know, how do you go from winning the Sandusky Classic, basically the high miler, to um, going up and running King of Wings to hopefully running with the tail wing for the Classic or a couple of shows this year uh, yet to go. Um, you know, how does that all work in your mind? Uh, you know, we have a race car. We will race. Uh, you know, that's that's what we do. That's what we have it for. Um, for us, you know, we change springs. We change shock settings. Uh, yeah, I've got a pretty simple top wing mount where it's four bolts and two airlines and it's off and four bolts the Oswego wing goes on uh, and that's really all we change uh, between the two so it's not a you know it's an evening worth of work to, to go back and forth uh, at least for me uh, between the two setups so uh, I, I know a lot of people think it's you know a week worth of work and and maybe we're doing it wrong I don't know uh, we've <laughs> we've run Fairly decent up there the two times we've been to Oswego. Unfortunately, we've had gremlins both times, uh, yeah. which kind of explains the whole first half of our season has been nothing but gremlins. So uh, we're hoping that uh, those are gone uh, and we can just go and race. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Did you did, did you kind of figure out, like you said, that uh, uh, the changes that you made to the car worked? Uh, right out of the box on Saturday morning at Sandusky, but I mean, did you did you kind of figure out what the the problems were? Were you able to once you got it apart? Did that become apparent that this is why we've we've kind of had the sluggish start that we've had? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we looked at you know what the car was lacking at Sandusky and and attacked those items. Okay, uh, you know, from earlier in the month and. And that really woke things up. Uh, you know, we went, we had this car almost ripped apart completely, uh, going through every nut and bolt. Uh, you know, at Kalamazoo, we broke a bolt because it came loose. Oh, wow. Uh, and we had a we had a bad, fast car up there. Um, so, you know, that really drove us to, you know, really go over everything uh, with a fine-tooth comb and, you know, replace things that we wouldn't normally replace. Uh, just because uh, it's a season old, let's replace it and make sure it's not the next thing on the list. So you were able to almost get a fresh start to the year with Sandusky, and now you've got an opportunity to carry that forward into Oswego, where the King of Wings roster. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the roster here um, for this, and of course, this is 
a combination uh, ISMA MSS race. Thank you to both organizations for that. That's uh, that's awesome. And yeah, you know, just looking at the names, I mean, you got Gozik, Connor, Snyder, Sitterly, uh, Jonathan Lasecki, T- Timmy J. Kyle Edwards, Chris Parley, Trent Stevens, yourself, Eric Iosu, Eric Lewis, um, Chartier, Lid, uh, Lilji, Locke, Wood, Schillick, Reed, Ordway Jr., LeVay Sr., um, Kenny White, Mike Lichty, A.J. Lasecki, Ben Seitz, Tyler Thompson, and Jerry Curran. You've got, you know, basically, um, again, you probably got a dozen to 15 of those guys that could, could pull off the win. Um you know, it's going to be a competitive show. What is it going to take for you to go up there and be able to uh, to, to pull off another big one? Uh, you know, it's uh, like you said, they took the, the top of ISMA, top of MSS, and the top Oswego cars and put them in a list, and that's what we have for King of Wings. So, uh, you know, we're going to bring the same car we had at Sandusky and a similar setup and and hope luck goes our way. Do you feel like how close in terms of setup with the top wing are Sandusky and Oswego? How 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 different are they to run uh, again each with the the top wing? Hey, there's a little bit of difference. You're you're going to end up with a lot more speed at Oswego, being yeah. a bigger track, so you're going to end up with a lot more aero downforce because of that. Uh, so you got to counteract that a little bit and. Uh, you know, going through our notes, uh, you know, this, this car we're taking, we've only had there once. So uh, we've got some notes on it at us. We go with the top wing. Um, take those notes first, what we did at Sandusky that, that improved it there and kind of combine hodgepodge and and hope for the best and have a plan if it doesn't work on, on what to change. For those who... Uh... For those who may not be real familiar with you, maybe aren't, we've got some had some new listeners this year that that have started listening to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about your background in the sport. Uh, how did you get? What got you interested? How did you get started? And kind of walk us through your career in, in a few minutes' time. Sure. So back in 1994, when I was nine years old, uh, my dad was sponsoring Dave Schulick Senior. And that winter, we went to watch DJ run a quarter midget ah. uh, indoors in Columbus. Um, the next time we went, we bought a car. The time after that was my first race. <laughs> so that, that's what started it all. Uh, we progressed through quarter midgets, uh, moved to pavement 305 sprint cars, uh, the ones that used to run Saturday of Sandusky's High Miler. I uh, did that for a long time. Um, at, at the end, the last two years, I, I built a, a sprint car and we did really, really well. And they pretty much wrote a rule book around it and we decided <laughs> to go to super modified. So honestly, probably where we belong, um, with my engineering background, uh, cause I can't leave anything alone. Did they, uh, so that, did they at least ask you to autograph the new rule book? <laughs> no, no, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, they should have at least asked you to autograph it, don't you think? You know, yeah. if you're going to, um, I always love that when they put a rule in and you know exactly why that rules of the rule book and know who is the catalyst that got it there. Um, you know, I always tell 
tell drivers in those situations that um, that's like a win. You know, that's a badge of honor to basically get a rule written in the rule book that specifically has to do with you or came from you because that means you exploited a gray area that nobody had and figured something right. out, right? So, right, right. Um, you know, in, in those cases, you always, uh, like I said, the, the, at least uh, the the uh, track or the sanctioning body ought to uh, at least ask, to ask you to autograph it and sign it. Um, but um, so you, you obviously came over to Super Modifieds. Now, how did you start in the Supers? Did you build a car or how did you um, walk, walk everybody through your, your uh, timeline for the Super career today? Uh, yeah, sure thing. Um, it was one of the last shows in uh, 2011. I got a call from Jim Paler. Uh, he had to work, and, and I'll preface this with I, I had, at this point had never met Jimmy in my life. Oh, wow. So he, he gave me a call and said, hey, there's a race at Motordrome up, uh, just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I can't get out of work. Would you drive my car? Sure, why not? It's, it's Saturday. We didn't have a sprint car show. Let's do it. Okay. So we run up there. Uh, I think I started alongside Denny Fisher on the front row. We ended up leading like 32 of the 50 laps before um, my sprint carness uh, burned the tires off of it. <laughs> Your sprint carness. <laughs> <laughs> and, and dropped back to, I think, sixth um, uh, to finish that race. Um, a few weeks later, uh, Dave Coyan called me and said, hey, let's, uh, let's put a super together and run full time next year. So I ended up... Um, he had Zach Gibson uh, driving for him. Uh, they had uh, the car got crashed uh, at Sandusky, oh, okay. uh, so he brought yeah, over yeah. this uh, pile of parts, <laughs> and uh, I cut it up a little bit and changed the suspension on it. And uh, we went out and and ran the 2012 season um, with varying success. Uh, and then at the end of the year, we decided that we wanted to go off on our own and bought a car from Jack Smith, uh, which was, uh, and this is kind of crazy how it all ties back together, it was the uh, car Bodnar had built back in the 90s when my dad was sponsoring Dave Schulich. Oh, wow. So it was, it was that car, uh, which is a phenomenal car. Uh, now it's owned by Jake Smith. Uh, hasn't been out in a couple of years, but really good car. So we campaigned that car for 2013. Uh had pretty good success with it. Ended up setting the track record at Winchester with it. and um, Had some top three finishes. Never did get a win. Uh, and that winter, I decided we're going to build ground up super modified. Uh, and that was uh, quite a challenge uh, from the sprint car. I uh, bet. A lot more forces on things than what the sprint car saw. And 2014 was uh, a bit of a mess of just trying to get the car to finish. Um, fast forward to 15, uh, we got all that ironed out and started running the ISMA tour for a couple of years. Um, then the kids came and we slowed down and, uh, kind of went back to the MSS roots, uh, mostly run the local stuff. Sure. Uh, nowadays. So you've been doing that now for a handful of years and you've, you, I think you've built, did you built another car since then? Correct. I think at least one. In that time? Correct. Uh, I built the, the second one 
2018. Yeah, okay. Uh, is when we debuted that one. Yeah, so and that's the one you're still driving today, right? Uh, it depends on the day. So the the older cars, the one we've had at Oswego um, this year, and we ran Lorraine and Kalamazoo with. Uh, then we switched to the newer car for Sandusky, uh, and we'll run it at Oswego and uh, kind of go back and forth as we see fit. Now, what's well? I, uh, if you can tell <laughs> us what what's the the in sort of a big picture way, what's the difference between the two? Because you obviously, like I understand that you know maybe a short track car and a big track car, but you seem to you ran you said you know you've run a Swigo with. So how do you differentiate when I run one car versus when I run the other car? Uh, for the most part, the older car seems to work better on short tracks. Oh, okay. Uh, so okay. we generally run it there. Um, but then again, we, we mounted the Oswego wing on it, too. So Ah, okay, um, right. Okay. So no, that, that when you no, put the t- tail wing on. I got you. Okay. Right, right. No real rhyme or reason. The motor's a little fresher in that car. Um, so, you know, knowing that we're going to run up there a couple times plus the Classic, uh, you know, it was a better fit uh, to do the Oswego stuff with that car. You've had, um, obviously, a, a, a teammate at times. Uh, do we? Do, do you anticipate having a teammate for any of the Oswego shows or the Classic uh, as we go forward, or are you just going to take the one car there and uh, focus on it? Uh, we're just going to take one. Uh, it's, it's a lot of work to, to maintain these things um, and really got burned out. Uh, the, the few years that we ran the two-car deal. Um, I had a lot of success uh, and a lot of fun with it, but uh, at the end of the day, it was it was a lot of work, um, really too much work, uh, really fit <laughs> into the family time more than more than I wanted. So uh, mostly, uh, you know, really the rest of the year, we're just going to run the one car at a time. And, okay. and honestly, we'll probably end up selling uh, one of the cars at the end of the year. Oh, wow. Okay, well, there's a, there's a bit of um, breaking news for those of you listening to the show. If you're looking to get into supermodified racing for 2022, um, call Mike McVetta because uh, he may have a car for you at, uh, at the yeah. end of the year. So uh, definitely uh, make sure that you uh, give him a call and talk with him, and uh, he'll take good care of you, I'm sure. Okay, so where do you see... Um, sort of the, the the state of super modified racing at this point how how would you view where we're at in terms of um super modified racing as a whole at this point in 2021 and 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 what ideas would you have um if you want to share some with us as to maybe how to um you know raise the uh raise the level even more I, I think it, it very much depends on the the region you're at. Uh, certainly around here, MSS is growing, uh, which is great to see. It's, yes. Uh, uh, Dave, Dave and Lori May are doing a great job Amen. with that series. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun to race with them. Uh, Isma seems to be struggling a bit um, getting cars up east. Uh, I know there's a lot of cars up there, so I, I'm not sure why. Um, but it, it'd be great to see those guys get out. Uh, and Oswego's, you know, strong and steady as they've been for a while. Um, as far as what to do, I, I think people should 
stop reading everything they see on the internet about how expensive <laughs> they are and how you have to be a millionaire. I, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade, uh, and certainly that helps a lot, too, that I, I build everything myself. It does. So I don't have that, sure does. that additional cost, but they're, they're not made of unobtainium. Um, they're, when you, they, they do cost a lot, but they also pay a lot better than all the other divisions, at least around here, too. So I, I think there's a lot of negativity on it and how expensive they are on the Internet. That I, I, I must be doing it wrong because I, I don't see it from my vantage point, well, at least not, not compared to other series around here. Yeah, see, I think there again, it depends. I think I think you've got different groups, and I think each each group within the big super modified tent. I think each under the tent, there's there's multiple groups, and I think, you know, I I think that it depends on the group, and it depends on, um, you know, what you're doing. Obviously, the more you factor travel in, the more costly it gets. Um, you know, you, you tires, the more, you know, I mean, you tires cost X motors cost X, um, you know, and it's always interesting that, that you, you know, you to hear someone like you say, well, you know, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, you know, they're expensive to run, but they pay better than the other divisions. And yet, you know, there, there are other folks from different groups that would say that, uh, you know, we need to, you know, we need to double the purse. You know, it's 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 interesting people's perspective. And I do I would like to see I mean, because here's the way I see this. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at this from the outside. And, and again, um, I mean, I'm I don't know any more than anybody else who doesn't own a car. But, um, you know, you mentioned the fact that Isma seems to have trouble getting cars, you know, to the racetrack. And so my question would be, there's an awful lot of them sitting in garages, and there's a lot of them still in the in 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 your area, and I know there's still some in Oswego, you know, in that sort of big group of people. Um, and I mean, I notwithstanding, you know, current border closures and that those things, I understand all of that is just sort of you know circumstantial not- to our time, right? But Right, not what, helping anybody. Right. What do we have to do to get, you know, you mentioned a car that hasn't been out of the, you know, on the track in two years. What do we have to do to get these cars out of the garages and onto the track? What do you see as the problem? Is it just that people have lost interest? Is it the cost for some people that they just can't afford them anymore? What What do you see as um, is the reason why we we see so many of these teams that just aren't racing as much? I think it's really dependent person to person. Um, I, okay. I, I know certainly uh, um, Jake that, that bought my old car, you know, they've got a lot of things going on at home that are, are keeping them from the racetrack. It's gotcha. not a desire, um, but they, they just, uh, they can't get away from the home right now. So understood. Uh, others, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I think are constantly changing the rules is a really bad thing. See, uh, I do it, too. Yeah. It, it it costs everybody money, no matter what the change is. Yep. Uh, and, and when you change it every year, it costs you money every year that you you don't necessarily plan on spending, but you have to because they changed the rule to um, you know save us money. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll quote the great Jim Bodnar and uh, stop trying to save me money. I can't afford it anymore. <laughs> well, I think 
you know, there's 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 some truth in that because um, no matter how much you try to save a, a, a driver or race team money, um, they're going to keep trying to go as fast as they were before your cost savings slowed them down. So that means they're going to just spend money somewhere else, which is really, exactly. you know, and that's the hard part because the reality is, you know, you try to do something to help the big picture, but if the teams aren't cooperating and if the teams don't, you know, I, I, I still think it's just absolutely tragic that we can't come up with one uniform set of rules for everybody in super modifieds um, because we have less than a hundred of them that are competing, you know, in a given season and uh, all, all across the country. And I think it's tragic that we, we all can't agree on one common set of rules so that, you know, if you want to go to Oswego or somebody from Oswego wants to go run ISMA or somebody from, you know, ISMA wants to go run MSS or whatever the case, you know, used to, you just take the car and go. Um, now it's almost like it's two or three different you can use the same car, but you got to do a lot of work and a lot of different, you know, um, and and I just feel like, you know, at this point, the long term, um, the, the long term longevity, stability of the division, I think it needs the rules to be stable. Um, and so, you know, as much as I feel like I, I would like to have one uniform set of rules for everybody, if everybody's never going to agree to that, then let's just leave them like they are for a little while and, you know, and not yeah. keep trying to. But I certainly, I do think, though, that it would be really nice if we could get the cost of tires and motors down a little bit um, because those things are not related specifically to the race car, but they're costs that certainly if you could bring those down would make it a little easier. The, the easier you make it for somebody to get into to a racing division and be competitive, um, you know, the better you are. So I, I do feel like th- th- I wish we could do something about those two things. What, what is your response to that? Uh, you know, I will say overall, the, the rules are very close. Um, you know, Oswego runs a little bit uh, a different left rear and right front tire, but other than that, um, short of the wing change, there's no rule change. Uh, MSS and ISMA are virtually identical. Good. Uh, MSS does allow a small block option. Uh, we had uh, Denny Fisher used to run a small block uh, a few years ago, um, but that's kind of out of the picture. Uh, and they actually, this year, they opened up the rule book to West Coast cars. Ah. Us. Um, but there, there comes the whole travel situation. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't afford to drive from California to Ohio. Um, even on the, even on a, a high miler purse, it, it yeah. just doesn't make sense. So, yeah. Uh, I will say I've fought the last two years to try to get a tire roll with MSS and lost both times. I mean, that's something that it's a reoccurring cost. Yeah. Uh, that you're spending every week. Uh, uh, the engine, I'm indifferent there. Um, I'm very thrifty, so, you know, all my engine stuff, uh, you know, a lot of it I buy used. Uh, you know, guys like Vic Miller have been very good to me uh, in selling used engine parts, uh, and we can build a, a really good platform from there. Um, 
and that's only a one-time cost. Uh, the maintaining right. cost, it doesn't matter whether you have a, you know, a 700 horse or a big block, the, the rebuilds, um, if you're doing the same quality, it's going to be the same, uh, regardless. So, yeah. uh, it's, but the, the tires, that's something that it hits you every week and same with yeah. the travel and, you know, there's nothing we can do about the travel cost and we can't change anything about the cost of the tire. Uh, we can, however, you know, limit what you can buy. Yeah. And that's, I mean, is it even worth thinking about going to a smaller tire or does that basically just, I mean, or a different tire? I mean, I, I, you know, look, I can dare ask these questions cause I'm just a media <laughs> guy. So, you know, I, I can, I can say, don't shoot the messenger, but I'm just, you know, sure. I, I always just want to see the class grow and I want right. to see more cars, and I want to see an easier transition from a 350 to a super, or a you know SBS to a you know a 350 mm-hmm. to a super, whatever. Um, you know, would it, does it would it even make sense um, to to look at uh, uh, other options for tires? Because obviously, there's only so much you're going to ever reduce the cost of the tires that we run. Right. I I don't know. I mean, like looking at that cost difference between a left rear and a right rear, it's, I don't know, $5, even though that right rear is so much bigger. Uh, so there's not really a cost savings per se on smaller unless you go way smaller. Yeah, okay. Um, which to me, that that visually takes the super out of super modified well, uh, with small tires. Sure, yeah, it would. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, you know, yeah, it's it, a tough discussion, and I, but I right. I do think that all those questions should we should be asked. I think it's all fair game when you're trying to, you know, because my concern just is that you know we can be sitting here in five or ten years and still have as many or more super modifieds out there racing in, at these different venues and within the groups as we have now, right? And so right. you know, how do we ensure that? You know, what do we do? And the 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 thing I keep hearing is you got to raise the purse, but that money has to come from somewhere. So right. how do we? And and then the, well, we need more sponsors. Well, but y- you need to do better marketing if you want more sponsors because businesses need, you know, big crowds and they need an audience to sell to because they're not donating the money. So you know, um, right? And so you know, we need more live streaming. We need more you know, of that sort of thing. And so if you want the sponsors, but your race isn't live streamed or isn't on radio anywhere or isn't somewhere where people can tune in and listen, you can build an audience, then you're not, you know, so how do we preserve the long-term, uh, you know, stability of the super modifieds? Or, or do you think what we've got is good, just leave it alone and, and let it, you know, work on other aspects. Is is the car where we need it to be? Is this what you would like to see going forward for the next five years? I, I, I'm a proponent for leave the rules the same. Um, okay. I, you, you hate to see a guy that, you know, he's he's working to death to, to get that next best thing. Right. For, you know, two, three years, he finally saves up enough, he buys it. A year later, they change the rules. Right. And now he's no better off than he was. So I, I would certainly leave the rules the same um if you know things like this show i mean this show is great at promoting super modifieds i i really appreciate it listen to every episode oh thank uh, you. you know things like that you are best. Um, 
the the flow racing streaming at Oswego. Absolutely. I mean, it just has to be a great thing. Yes. Uh, you know, to get it out. You know, we. I, I try to help out uh, Lorraine Raceway Park anytime he needs me to, you know, bring a car to a car show or anything like that. And, you know, you go there. Yes. 20 minutes from the track, and they're like, what is this? Yes. Uh, we race at, at Lorraine Raceway Park. Oh, they're still open? <laughs> you know, we get that all yeah, the time. Exactly. Um, and, and, and I will say that the guys at Lorraine are doing a great job uh, promoting, and, and it's really showing. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it's, We've been saying it for probably the last 20 years. Greatest secret motorsports, right? Super modifieds. Yep. Yep. So getting it, getting it out to the, the right people at the right time and, and, you know, having somebody, you know, push super modifieds onto the general public. And, and I think we're, we're certainly on our way there with MSS with all the live streaming that uh, Kevin and Tim do. I mean, that's, that's always great uh, that, you know, you get everybody whether they're at the track or not, they get to see, you know, what the drivers look like and yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. See, I was actually disappointed that, that, that the high miler was not some form of live. I mean, I understand, you know, say, well, somebody will Facebook live it. That's not, that's not a live stream. That's not a, yeah. you know, that's somebody sitting in the grandstand who is willing to kind of give up their enjoyment of the full view right. of the race to look through their phone for, for an hour to bring us, which I, I, I thank God for those people. But I think at this point, you know, if you're going to, if you in other words, if you're going to say this is the car and it costs what it costs and that's it and that's fine. But I think now, if you want, you know, if you want more money infused into the division, somehow the tracks and the series have to really step up their marketing game way more than than a lot of them do right now. Um, you've got to market like, uh, you know, a NASCAR would, or or you know, World of Outlaws does, or a, you've got to have the elements, and you've got to really work that because it's the only way that you saturate through the rest of the, you know, the crap on the internet that none of us really want to see or care about, um, you know, and and break through and and you know get it get your product out there, and you've got to work in your local community too, like you said, car shows. Mm-hmm. You know, right. drivers have got to be willing to do appearances. Um, you know, it, that's the only way there's ever going to be any more money for purses. And people have to show up to the racetrack. You know, right. you know, watching it, it, if if you're in Oswego, for example, and you're watching on Flow Racing instead of going to the track when you could be at the track and you're you're watching it on Flow because you're saving money by doing that, you're hurting super modified racing. Get I up, agree 100%. you know, get up, go out, take your family, go to the track and, and buy food. And, you know, because now flow racing is great for me and I will be tuning in Saturday to watch the King <laughs> of Wings. Right. But I'm in North Carolina and I can't get right. up there. So right. I think that's where the, you know, whether you're doing, I mean, I think we've lost the art of live radio call, by the way. I think the the live audio call is is so relatively inexpensive compared to a live stream. Um, right. And yet nobody seems to want to, you know, it's 
but everybody wants to live stream. Well, that's fine. Live stream's great. And and what, if I were doing it, I would geofence so that none of the locals can see it live. Um, mm-hmm. And I would I would use the live stream to pull pull people and get people interested from other areas. Um, but I would I would certainly um, you know again it's it, I think that it's it's great to to expose your track or your your series to people who otherwise wouldn't see it because they're not in your area. Right. Um, so I just hope that, uh, I hope that we can, you know, I, cause I do agree. I mean, look, you know, we all have our idea of what the super modified should be or shouldn't be. Um, I think we're all right to some degree <laughs> and we're all wrong, right. you know, right. to some degree. Um, you know, I think most of us who talk about it are just doing that. That's all we're doing. We're discussing it. We're not, bad-mouthing it. We're not trying to um, hurt it in any way. And then there are some that just, you know, you, you obviously can tell, <laughs> you know, uh, that they yeah. have other motives and that's fine. But um, I think if we're going to leave the cars alone and the costs are going to stabilize and kind of be what they are, then I think somehow, you know, we all get, everybody's got to do a better job of marketing the product. And you, and you can't just, you can't just have a race somewhere and not live stream it, not, you know, um, not, pre-promote, post-promote, you know, put driver articles out there. You got to yeah, work for it a little bit. Um, and uh, that's kind of, that's my two cents. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, I was very fortunate to, to get a phone call from uh, Dick and Deborah Meyer to drive their Silver Crown car um, a month yeah. and a half ago. Tell us and about that. Yeah, just that. Uh, you know, going into promoting, you know, what USAC does to, to promote those races is unbelievable. I mean, here I am, and in my mind, a nobody. Yeah. And here's this big, long article about me running a, a USAC Silver Crown car for the first first time. You know, it gets me amped up. Uh, you know, I, I talked to several people at Winchester on Thursday that, you know, they were excited to to, to be back at Winchester and see open wheel cars again. And and you know they were headed to Sandusky after, so awesome. Um, it, that, that's great news. So uh, yeah, they they got it figured out um, uh, across the board. I think uh, with their promoting, and that place was packed on a Thursday night. So, um, but that's a uh, that's a pretty cool deal um, to to move over to to that realm. Um, you know, I'm just unbelievably grateful uh, for Dick and Deborah to give me that opportunity. Um, their driver decided that uh, his time was up and, and you know, he uh, didn't really want to drive anymore. Um, and, and I got the call. So, uh, so it's been a, a roller coaster experience, a rain outs, uh, two for three, but uh, looking forward to uh, driving that Silver Crown car as well as the Sprint car some more in the future. What was that like? to do what was the the silver crown you know what it what is it like to drive a silver crown or a sprint car versus the super modified talk a little bit about your experience in that so we did a lot of practice uh one evening at sandusky and you know a lot of the uh you know my sprint car experience at sandusky and the super experience you know it kind of matched a little bit with the silver crown car you know, fast forward a month later to Winchester, nothing translated between the Super and the Silver Crown car. I mean, it, you know, it go from a lot of downforce at Winchester to nothing. And, uh, 
that's that's an eye opener. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. There is. Uh, you know, you got <laughs> it, it's just a whole nother world. Um, you know, everything from the way you sit to the way you drive uh, is different. So uh, it's certainly a, a, a challenging experience that, that I'm looking forward to in the future. It's almost like you go back in time, right? I mean, that's because yeah. at one point that was super modified. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. So you're actually getting to experience what it was like in the pre-Aero super modified years. That's pretty uh that's pretty awesome, and uh, and and I'm sure that was a a real treat for you to be challenged as an engineer. I I know the engineering brain is always excited by you know the puzzle to solve, so to speak. So that must oh, have yeah. been a real interesting puzzle for you to try to solve in terms of your driving aspect, right? Right. We love problems. That's why I have two super modified. <laughs> Yeah. I have a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I said, that, that must have been fun. Are you going to do more of that this year? Uh, yeah, we're we're planning to hit the Toledo show uh, in October uh, with the Silver Crown. And uh, Mother Nature is nice to us. Uh, I'll run the Sprint Car. Uh, it's actually a, a combined show, uh, Must See Racing and MSS at Lorraine. Uh, here in two weeks, very thirteenth nice. and fourteenth. Very nice. That's great. Uh, well, let's hope Mother Nature is nice to everybody. I think the world of Jim Hanks and and the Musty Group, and uh, obviously um, Dave and Lori and everybody with MSS. So I hope that's a that's a great double header. So I hope that goes well. Um, yeah, I mean you've you've definitely had uh, an interesting season with all of that, and then of course uh, your problem solving. Uh, <laughs> In the super modified that you finally figured out over the weekend, uh, knocked down the the high miler win, um, and so going forward, uh, I'm sure all the folks up in Central New York are going to be real excited to know that you're going to be visiting the Big O a few times and running the Classic there. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I wish we could uh, get up there again to run a regular show, but. Um... You know, with the the MSS schedule is pretty heavy in in August, so um, we only get one weekend off, and and that's family weekend. So um, our next run uh, after King of Wings will be the classic. Oh, okay, um, okay. You know, fortunately, we were able to get there twice, um, and you'll get the car somewhat sorted out. Uh, you know, we made an attempt back in 2018, and and we just we just weren't good. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it was arrow, you know, the, the cars aren't built for the old tail sections and, right. you know, they were arrow wise a brick. Uh, so the, the new wing has certainly helped us, um, go up there and be able to be competitive. Um, whereas before it was, well, if we finish, you know, we might get a top 10. Uh, whereas, you know, I feel like we have a competitive race car up there right now. Nice. Uh, so, you know, we're making some changes on what we had uh, to learning experience uh, to try to figure it out, and we're going to give it a go. Well, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, I love that you're not afraid of that, and that you're willing to to put in that that time and effort, and you know, obviously the dollars to uh, travel up there and um, you know try to support. Uh, that and uh, you know, and then obviously, but nice to to see you branching out and doing some other types of open wheel racing a little bit too. So, wish you luck 
uh, the rest of the season with all of that. I'm sure we'll catch up again because my feeling is that you're probably not done winning yet. So uh, at this <laughs> I point, hope you're right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we do try to do as many of the interviews as possible. And, uh, you know, it's it's sometimes hard to catch up with everybody, but we try to we try to do as best we can here. So um, I know you've got people that help you and, and uh, you know, sponsors, whatever. Uh, uh, take some time and, and thank all of those people because they deserve it. Yeah, you bet. Um you know, certainly my parents, uh, you know, they got me started in this uh, this situation, we'll call it. Um, yeah, I couldn't do it. My dad's here uh, every week, every race, you know, anything I need, um, you know, he's there to help me out with it. Um, uh, sponsors, uh, Perfection Fabricators, uh, they've, they've been with me a long time, probably 15 years, and, and they just do so much um, with helping me with, material and and making brackets that sort of stuff that you know is just invaluable sure um ev naturals came on board this year we're really happy to have them as a partner uh cerny truck sales uh morris auto service uh fallsway equipment uh gary's body shop did an awesome job making this thing look uh, like a gem and you know drifts racing engines has uh you know really given us some some good horsepower with this bucket of parts that I give him and say, here, make something out of this. Uh, uh, he turns it around and, uh, for the most part, they've been dead reliable uh, and make decent power. So I couldn't ask for anything better. Awesome. Well, we, uh, we definitely wish you luck going forward, Mike, and appreciate you reaching out to us this week. Uh, happy to, to have the time to spend some time with you and, uh, you know, and hear, not only about uh, your weekend, but your season as a whole and your career and, and, you know, your thoughts on the division going forward, all valuable insights. And, um, you know, always enjoy hearing uh, from the guys who are in the trenches doing the work. So uh, good luck the rest of the way, and hopefully we'll see you somewhere before the end of the season. Um, and uh, look forward to having you back on again soon. Uh, sounds great, Tom. I appreciate you having me on. Okay, folks, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors here on Inside Groove, Indy Performance Composites. They're a premier composite design and manufacturing company creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Jeff West and his team are amazing. They do all kinds of work in the motorsports industry from dirt tracks to NASCAR to IndyCar, super modifieds. It doesn't matter. If you've got something that you need designed or fabricated, let them help you transform your idea, your vision, and your budget into a workable, high-performance solution. They have all kinds of services from 3D printing to finishing services, end-to-end composite solutions is what they are. Check them out, ipcindy.com or indieperformancecompositesinc.com and tell them that the folks from Inside Groove set you. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. 
Check out their entire inventory online at victorcustomtrailers.com. Welcome back to The Groove. Episode 78 rolls on Camden Proud, setting a consecutive show appearance record, I think, um, in recent uh, weeks. Uh, glad to have Cam back as more of a regular and uh, at least for a, a short period of time before he heads back uh, out of the country again. But, uh, Cam, I know that uh, you would like to be running King of Wings this week. Car not quite ready. So we're still going to talk about that, though. But I want to start by talking about the Sandusky Classic because we just heard from Mike McVetta talk quite a bit about his uh, weekend and um, his uh, desire to sort of just take Friday night off and put all his focus on Saturday. We saw how well that worked. And uh, what were your impressions of uh, the Classic uh, the high miler from being being there uh, just kind of as a fan. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was great racing both days, and uh, Saturday was shaping up to be really good. I just wish Mother Nature didn't rain on our parade. That was going to be a great battle up front with Mike McFetta and Mike Lichty and, and Jeff Abel. And, and what a weekend for Jeff Abel. Boy, he sure shown he could compete with these Isma guys the last few years. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I hate that the, the last part of it got rained out, but happy that they got that far because from the forecast, it just didn't look like they'd even get to that point, I think. Um, so, you know, I'm happy that they got as far as they did. But, yeah, I hate seeing uh, – Hey, seeing that any of it uh, got washed out, and uh, it's just been tough. I mean, it's literally seems like it rains everywhere across the country half the weekends uh, this year, and um, we got rain in our forecast here in our area again this weekend, just uh, the thunderstorm stuff that you can't do anything about. It's not a total washout, but, you know, you never know when they're going to hit, and you just got to right. deal with them. So, um, but it. That field, I you know, I mentioned the fact that I thought, um, obviously, you always want 50 cars, right? That's, you know, especially if you're my age and you're used to that from years back, you just hate the fact that you, but I thought that was a good field and it was certainly a quality field. It was, yeah. It was a really competitive race, probably the best race in Sandusk I've seen the last few years. And good to see different guys mixing it up at the front. I mentioned Abled, and <laughs> I wanted to mention Mike Lick to give him a shout-out because I believe that was his seventh, second-place finish in the high miler oh, wow. without a win. And uh, good to see those guys make it across the border, but I know he probably wanted to be one spot higher. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to know how that happened because I don't think everybody can make it across the border, but uh, however, yeah, I, I would assume, yeah, the business, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know what, good for them and, and happy to see that they were able to go race and he did well. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one of those, um, you know, brides, always the bridesmaid, never the bride scenarios. And you just got to know that eventually Mike's that the luck is going to fall his way and he's going to get that extra spot and get the win. And it was, uh, it was awesome to see them, uh, make that track, uh, to support, uh, Sandusky and support the race. Um, you know, I, I really, I've been to Sandusky in so long and I just love it there. I love the track. I love, you know, the city. You got Cedar Point there. There's just all kinds of cool things to do. Um, you know, and so, uh, definitely, um, you know, a, a great time for those who get to go. Um, 
it, and you're right. It seemed like it was a, a, a pretty good race, and it was neat to see Jeff get the win on Friday and kind of set that stage for Saturday, and you just you wondered, you know, could he pull the double? Um, and, you know, certainly gave it a, a good shot. Yeah, I really thought he was going to. At first, early in the race, I didn't think so, but he drove a nice, patient race, and, boy, the second half of the race, he really started to turn up the wick and reel those guys in like they were tied to a tree. I mean, he came from <laughs> a straightaway behind and and just closed right in on Lichty and, and on McVetta, and, and Lichty was, he had a wheel to the outside of McVetta. Yeah. Pearly kind of lost the handle over in three and four and spun out and I think got into the wall a little bit, and... um something you don't see often, but that ended up being what kind of led to the rain delay and then ultimately the cancellation of the yeah. rest of the race and calling it early on. So it was really going to be interesting to see what happened between those three guys, but um, a good race nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, Mike McVenna wasn't complaining uh, about getting the win and uh, was excited to hear that he's planning on uh, coming up for the Classic again. And, you know, really, I, I feel like he feels like he's got an excellent opportunity to really be competitive in that race. Oh, yeah, I think so. He's shown this year that he can be very competitive and uh, did a great job. And I don't know what week it was, but he was leading uh, a few laps in the feature and um, was one of the fastest cars at the track when he was here, actually, and then had mechanical woes. But um, he can definitely compete. And I'm glad he's supporting it. It's it's nice to see someone from way out in Ohio come out and um, support when they can with a, with a car that's primarily a, an MSS car, obviously. So um, it's nice to see, and I know Oswego appreciates his support. That's for sure. Well, he uh, he and I talked a lot about the uh, sort of conversion, um, and I think you'll get a kick out of hearing how you know he talks about his own situation there because. You know, he just he feels like um, it's it's essentially very close. And, you know, and, and mm -hmm. he, so, you know, it'll be interesting to, to see how he does come Classic Weekend. And, um, of course, you know, you got King of Wings coming up. And uh, but uh, I'm I'm just thrilled that uh, Sandusky got as far as it did. Um, and and, you know, would like to obviously have seen what would have happened if they gotten the entire distance in. But at least uh, most of the weekend got in rain free and fans were treated to some great racing out there. Um, you know, really uh, excited for the direction MSS is going in a lot of ways because it seems like there's more and more interest there, which is awesome. And Mike and I talked a lot about that, too. So um, looking ahead uh, this weekend. King of Wings, um, and one of, I think, the top two or three races on the calendar for this year at Oswego in a year full of huge races. This is surely one of them, and I'm really excited to see how many of the Oswego guys are um, putting wings on, and I'm just as excited to see MSS and ISMA coming together for this in a really um, good, it feels like a really, if again, if not complete quantity, uh, quality, uh, sorry, if not complete quantity from ISMA uh, and MSS, certainly a good quality from each. This is going to be, I think, one of the better, more exciting races of the season in Super Modifieds anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely think so. And um, you mentioned the two sanctions working in together, working together, excuse me. Yeah. And um, 
you know, I think it's really going to be the best king of wings also that we've had in a long time. Um, just because of that, it, it kind of takes you back to the days where we had over 30 cars for yeah. the MSS ISMA combination events. Of course, it was MSA back then, but um, we're going to have probably 26, 27 cars this week. We easily yeah. could have had over 30 for it. And just for whatever reason, there's always silly circumstances that lead to certain cars not showing up. And a lot of it's out of the driver's control. So um, there was a point last week where I thought we were going to have 35 cars for it, but yeah. um, I'll take 26. I think it's going to be really good. And you're going to have a true healthy mix of Oswego MSS, yeah. ISMA, which is really, really good to see. It's a true cane of wings again for the first time in quite a while. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, I feel like this has, you know, again, you start looking at the drivers that are competing, your Gozics, your Sillies, you know, you got all the, the best guys from each division, I think, um, Pearly, you know, all those guys, I feel like this is going to be a real shootout. And, um, you know, and, and I don't think you, you know, you can go in and you can say, well, this one's a favorite, that one's a favorite, Kyle Edwards a favorite, whatever, whoever. But at the re- at the end of the day, there's probably 15 of those 26 that could end up winning the race. I would agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it, it's, you know, you look at some guys that are coming out that haven't raced a swiggle with a win on in, in quite some time, and that excites me also. Yeah. Um, Bar- Bobby Chartier, Russ Wood is driving John Colopas' car. That's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Lewis. Yep. So some some guys that are making their swiggle return after quite a long time, those are some storylines to watch. And then you also have guys that are making their first swiggle start with a wing, like Eric Iosu and Ryan Locke. So this is there's a lot to follow going into this weekend. It's going to be cool. Yeah, it really is. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to uh, to watch it on Flow Racing since I can't be up there. Um, and really, I feel like. Um, this weekend is where it starts. Like this is um, the the rest of the year at Oswego. The build to Classic Weekend is to me is incredible. You've got King of Wings this weekend. You've got uh, Retro Night on August the seventh, and that night um, going to be made so much more special by the whole uh, Red Creek rocket the red creek restoration so to speak mm-hmm. um yep. you know with kempton dates being there with his car and them having the book and and uh um the the, the t-shirts uh you know and and so i hope that um you know the track i hope i hope the fans just flock there that night to to see kemp and the car and uh, get a copy of the book and all that um and and i know that um the old timers reunion is not happening this year Hate that, but I get it. Um, and uh, it was the right call to make, I think. Uh, but Retro Night's still going to be fun. And then, you know, you've <laughs> now you've got the uh, Mr. Super Modified uh, race thrown in there, too, because it got rained out. So, I mean, what a month of August leading up to the Classic. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I'm glad we're going to have the car fixed for this month. I know that there's a lot of uh, exciting races to hit here in the next month or so, to say the least. And uh, autograph night next week also, and um, we're going to have the Swiggle Cartway drivers participating in the autograph session on the 7th, as well as any old-timers that are in town. We're going to set up a table for them and, and have them sign some autographs awesome. too. So we'll have Kemp sign the book and, and all that good stuff, make a big deal out of that because it is a big deal, and that's really it exciting and, and really cool what they're doing. And 
Um, I'm looking forward to that. It's a it's a fan favorite week as always. And then also on the 14th, the Superstacks come to town for their, oh, that's for their classic right. tune-up. Yeah. So there's a little something every week. I completely forgot about the 14th show. Skipped right over that. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's only one week off now, right? Because the the 21st is now Mr. Super, Mr., you know, all the Misters, Uh the Mr. Weekend, um, the, the, that's the 23rd or 21st, right? And then you're off the right. following week before Classic. Is that is, – is, or no, wait a minute. Is that the week before Classic? No, no, we're, we race there is a down week. Saturday, okay. yeah. Yeah, the 31st, right. 7th, 14th, yeah. 21st, okay. off the 28th. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. Um, so, yeah, there is still an off week there. But, um, you know, still, that's going to be a very big month. And uh, I hope that uh, – it's a successful month. A lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, when I look at King of Wings, I mean, obviously that race is going to be a blockbuster. And, you know, I always love Retro Night. You got Mr. Super uh, coming up. And then, you know, you've got the 14th in between those two. Just uh, going to be a huge month. And then we start talking about Classic. And I um, I said in the open of the show that uh, was was thinking earlier in the week that I wanted to start at least teasing classic or opening some discussion about classic because, um, you know, it just felt like it was time to do that. And then I got thinking, well, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, maybe a week or so early to, to do that. And I was like, no, you know, it's my show, a classic if I want to. And then you go and put out the classic <laughs> schedule. So thank you for reading my mind. Um, talk, talk about the classic schedule a little bit for us, because again, there's a whole lot more to this than just super modifieds and the usual classes. We got some fun built into this weekend's classic or this year's uh, classic weekend with with really some some divisions that I think the fans are going to have uh, a lot of fun watching. Yeah, I think so. It's an unbelievable variety, right? You know, I I'd like to go back and see the last time, if ever, that we've had nine divisions on classic weekend. Yeah, that, really. That has to be a record or close to it. But um, Friday afternoon, starting out with the pole day time trials for the Supers, the yes. SBS, and the 350s. And then it's Jody London's night. Yeah. <laughs> with Dave London Memorial. Yeah. Brought to you Super by Stop Jody Race. London. Yeah. <laughs> Gene yeah. Okerlund uh, London. Yeah. Yeah. And also the New York State Compact Championship was rescheduled from May Classic to Labor Day Classic. I love so. It. A doubleheader for Jody on Friday night. And then Saturday, we bring in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, the National Compact Tour. So that'll be a big double for the compact guys, which yeah. will have great car counts both nights. And then also the NEMA Midgets and NEMA Lights. It's been 2000, since 2015, I think, since we've had them. So it's been quite a while. And that's... <laughs> That's quite the variety. Compacts, winged midgets, and NASCAR modified. Yeah, so really. <laughs> that, that's a that's a big day. And then of course on Sunday, supers, SBS, and and three fifties for Classic Sunday. So it's going to be one heck of a weekend, and I'm so glad we get to do it twice. Well, and the thing that occurs to me is when I looked at that schedule and saw what was racing on Saturday, I kind of thought to myself, you know, if I'm from New England. Number one, I'm probably a big modified fan, right? And then I'm mm-hmm. also probably, a, you know, a Nemo. Like this is almost 
you know, let's let's take New England and bring it to Oswego for a day and drop it in the the classic weekend. <laughs> I, I would hope that the New England fan base would really come out and support this because it's a lot of their guys. I mean, um, you know, and then, of course, the uh, the compact cars for those who have never seen them, um, you know, they they run them at tracks down here every week. They they call them different things and they're not quite as necessarily uh um, how do I put this? Like the compact divisions that the, the, the guys that you're going to see up there, it's a little more, you know, formal and advanced and, and the cars are nice looking and they're, but they right. run the, the front wheel drive type cars, um, on dirt and pavement down here. And I'm just here to tell you that a lot of nights doesn't matter what surface or what track, a lot of nights, those guys put on the best show of the night because, they're basically running for, you know, next to nothing in purse mm-hmm. most of the time. I'm sure that's a little different classic weekend, but they're, they're running for, for next to nothing for a purse. It's all about pride. Those guys just go out and have a blast, and they're all over the track. They're three wide, four wide. Um, just, you know, it's a crazy kind of show. So Friday night and Saturday are going to be great shows and then sunday as you said nothing but you know classic supers and 350s and svs um you know so i think it's a heck of a variety of of uh, you know and i just hope um you know again you just have to because i remember gosh i don't even remember what year it was maybe it was oh six perhaps um they had like six or seven divisions and uh Gosh, we had a hur- remnants of the hurricane, and it just rained all weekend. It was terrible. Um, I think that was the year that the Isma Classic had to be like two weeks later, and Bentley won it. It was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was 06, right. yeah. And it was just awful. So uh, let's all do sun dances for the entire month of August for Classic Weekend and make sure that we get everything in, because that's going to be so much fun to see all that you know, in one place over the course of three days. I know it, yeah. And what you mentioned about the compacts, that's exactly how I felt leaving Sandusky. They had the national compacts there, oh, and it was did? one of the best shows of the weekend. Oh, I yeah, mean, I bet. Those guys put on phenomenal racing. Seriously, it was it was pretty awesome. So yeah. it made me excited to, to see what they're going to do with Oswego. And, um, yeah, just a great variety on on Saturday. And I want to give kudos to, to Chuck Hanley on this because he did a great job setting the schedule. And what they did with Isma moving it off Classic Weekend to this weekend, giving Isma their own show, their own weekend for all three groups, right. was the perfect move because that Classic thing was not working. No. This is going to work, and we're going to see a heck of a show and a lot of really good cars this weekend. So um, I, I'm just thrilled with the way they set the schedule this year. It's, it's our best we've had in a while, that's for sure. I think it may be the best Classic Weekend schedule ever if you just look at it. I mean, obviously, you know, I know there's going to be purists who, oh, it's better in the 70s. We only had the Supers. Well, never mind. <laughs> um, I just, I think in terms of excitement and energy, here's the other thing is I wonder where you're going to put all the cars on Saturday because I'm expecting that between the, the modifieds are going to draw 30 at least. You're going to have probably 40 to 50 minimum of those compacts. And then you got the Nemas and the Nema lights. It's going to be fun to see. Uh, what what the pits look like at about uh, one or two o'clock on Saturday afternoon? Well, I think they're actually going to have to move on Friday night. They should be okay because we're the Supers, SBS, and 350s are right. going out. Yes, everybody's coming in. But Saturday, they're going to have to put the compacts out back. 
Yeah, I wonder about that because I, I, I was thinking that. And, and then, you know, I don't know, like, how do you communicate with them to tell them when they're supposed to be on the track or whatever? That, that's, I, I don't know what the system, but I'm sure there's something in place. But if the PA works back there or how, you know, how that, that works. But um, that that's going to be a really interesting uh, situation because I think you're going to have a ton of those. And it should be, like I said, it should be a whole lot of fun. Um, I think it's the perfect sort of mix on Saturday. You get the modifieds as the headliner, and then you got all the uh, the little classes for support. Um, and uh, like I said, the super stocks are awesome. That's going to be a great show Friday night again with the compacts. And I love, I love that we're getting the um, Fast Friday now in the middle of the afternoon. I love daytime time trials way more than I ever did at night. And I think that's going to be really fun um, and really different probably for you guys because a lot of you probably never really time trialed during the day like that. I mean, other than the weekly thing that you do. Yeah, not really. I, I, I want to say you're going to see a little more speed. That's what I think is going to end up happening. We'll see what happens. That would be but- fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I, I really like that. And then we're out of there early and it's nice for the Oswego guys because they can enjoy the stock car show Friday night. They get yes. all day Saturday to, you know, work on the cars, do whatever they need to do before Sunday. And he can go into the early morning, 7.30 a.m. garbage, all rested up and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know better than that. They're going to stay up half the night at the campsite. No, uh, you know, no, it's uh, it, it, no matter how I, I feel like no matter how early you get to bed, 7.30 at the racetrack is still early. Uh, oh, yeah. But, um, you know, but it wouldn't be classic if if that wasn't the, the way that it was. It just it that's, you know, part of classic morning is that sort of early morning and. You know, you, yep. you you just you know, I feel like that's just part of it is that whole sort of uh, atmosphere and and yeah, you're for sure. you know wiping the sleep out of your you know, your eyes or whatever, and you're just trying to wake up. Um, but um, you know, when you get cars on the track, it you know whatever nine thirty or ten or whatever it is, and it's just like yes, you know. Uh, so uh, you just know the big race is coming, but um, should be a lot of fun. Like I said, a lot of variety for the fans, a lot of. Um, a lot of excitement, a lot of different stuff going on. Um, man, it's just crazy. Uh, the 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 fact that we're already into the month of August and the season's almost over, it feels like we just started back after a whole year of nothing, and now it's I know. almost done. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. I really can't believe it, and I wish it wasn't over. We sat out a whole month, and yeah. you know, now there's three left in the in the big one. That's it. So it's... I don't know. Time flies. Yeah, <laughs> surely does. Um, uh, so how um, how are you coming with the the car? When when are you going to be back on the track? Do you, you think you'll be back for the seventh? I think so. Yeah, I think we will. Good. Um, it'll be down to the wire, but um, you know, I would say the only way we're not is if we don't get to test on on Friday of next week because after having a motor out, I mean, literally, it's basically a brand new car. So we want to go through everything obviously sure. and, and fire it up, check for weeks, make sure everything's good to go. And if we can do that and, and do it properly, we'll be back next week. Okay. So uh, give us the rundown for this weekend for King of Wings. What's the, uh, the schedule for Saturday and all the pertinent information that we need to know. Okay. Let me pull the schedule up. You caught me off guard there. <laughs> oh, good. I work hard to do that. And it seems like most of the yeah. time I don't, uh, 
I, do, I don't succeed because you're on top of things. So once in a while, <laughs> it's good if I can stump you. Yeah, you did for a minute. Stump okay, the so, cam that was successful this week. So what do you yeah, got? <laughs> there you go. Best Western, uh, Clarion, and also LaGrasse are presenting this week. LaGrasse was originally supposed to do so on the 21st of August. They signed on for Kane of Wayne. So thank you to the Broadwell family and to Sean Cathcart at LaGrasse for presenting this week's action. Um, front pit windows open at 2. Pit gates open at 2.15. Warm-ups and grandstands at 3.30. Time trials at 5. Heat racing at 6 with features to follow. 30 laps for the 350s and 60 laps for King of Wings X. King of Wings X. Okay. That would be 10 for people Number who 10. aren't, uh, you know, Roman numeral uh, educated. So uh, <laughs> that should be fun to see who wins King of Wings X. Isn't this the race that... Uh, Dave Grohl won with Steve Miller, wasn't that King of Wings? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's Steve Miller's only win at Oswego, and it came in the King of Wings race. Who would have ever thunk that? That I'll still never forget that seeing that and and just jumping out of my chair when he took the checkered flag. I was so happy for David and even happier for Steve Miller because I know for how many years that man toiled to uh you know to get have that moment. So it yep. You know, this is one of those races, I feel like, where, you know, that can happen. You can have that moment of glory, a first-time winner, a new winner. Um, and like I said, with the quality of cars that we got coming this weekend, um, I think there's a pretty strong chance that uh, we might see a bit of a shocker and somebody that we wouldn't necessarily make a favorite end up winning the race, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. You never know in a big race like this what's going to happen, and um, it, again, it's been 2017 was the last one. I think yeah. the early one. Uh, Trent Stevens got his first win yep. in this one. That's right. Um, Bobby Bond got his first Oswego win in this yeah. race. And it was with Leisma Wayne on, obviously. Then when went and won the Classic later in the year. Just to prove he could, classic. Yes. So, yep. yeah, lots of, lots of cool stories, like I said. And um, to go totally off topic, that's a car we have to watch for. Again, I saw Tyler Shulick at Sandusky, and he's definitely coming out for a race. And then the classic. Is he? So, okay. Um, yeah, I'll be glad to see that car back. Yeah, that's awesome. So he's going to be in the extreme car. Yep. Okay. So do we have word? Is Bobby actually going to drive the uh, 47? Is that coming back, or what is, is it just going to be Bobby crew chiefing for Tyler? Uh, Tyler said the 25 is ready to go, and then they're working on the 47. And I know that uh, Bobby wants to come back for Classic was oh, the good. way I understood it. So okay, um, should see them both back. Good. Well, that'll be fun. Um, look forward to that and look forward to King of Wings this weekend. FlowRacing.com if you can't attend. But if you're in a Swiggo and you don't go to the track and stay home and watch it on Flow when you could be at the track, shame on you. The track needs your support. Um, get That's out right. there and, and get to the racetrack. That's really the, I, I love the live streams. It works great for people like me who can't get there cause I just can't travel this weekend, but, um, definitely, uh, not something that local people should be blowing off going and, and spending the money and being at the track. We need the fans at the racetracks, and that's a general thing. It's not just a super thing, but um, look forward to the coverage and uh, look forward to watching the races and uh, look forward to talking to you about 
all of it next week, and uh, we'll keep talking classic because it's time to do that and uh, run the countdown here for the next few weeks. And um, we'd up to, what is it, classic 65? 65. 65, yeah, on Labor Day weekend. So look forward to it, and uh, thanks, Cam, for being on again. Thank you, Tom. We'll talk soon. Hey, here's a little fish tale for you. It's about a place named Skip's Fish Fry. Skip's Fish Fry is located at 42 West 2nd Street in Oswego. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 7. So don't call them on Sunday or Monday. They're gone fishing. They are open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 7. They serve a variety of great fish, burgers, Hoffman hot dogs, conies, lobster, soup, salad. They even have cheesecake if you feel like some delicious dessert. I love their haddock pieces. That's one of my favorites. Uh, And they just have great food. It is the best fish in the Port City. I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor of the show. It is one of the first places that I go to eat every time I'm in town. So call Skip's Fish Fry or go visit them on their website at skipsfishfry.com. And by the way, you can order online and just go pick it up. It's a great way to go ahead and take care of the not-so-fun part before you get there. And then when you get there, just pick up your food, bring it home, and enjoy. Skip's Fish Fry, 42 West 2nd Street in Oswego. Go visit them. Welcome back to The Groove. Episode 78 rolls on and time for our final segment. And this is where we always uh, do our housekeeping, if we have any, and also, of course, uh, talk about what's in a number. And I want to start there in this segment this week. Episode 78, I said in the open that this was a fascinating number in Oswego Speedway history, and I believe that for a couple of reasons. Now, again, if you're listening to the show for the first time, I didn't start going to the track until 1973. So any 78s prior to that, I don't know. Um, Sometimes, obviously, if... uh, you know, if a number was more famous, like zero, for example, or eight or ten, you know, uh, then, you know, you you know about them from the 50s or the 60s because of that. There are probably some 78s back before 73, but I don't know about them. Um, some of you might. and That's great. Just feel free to fill in uh, in the comments section. Um, and but for me, the 78 first started. Uh, in 73, and it was Gary Reichert. And the reason I say that this was a fascinating number is because I feel like in some ways, Gary, who was an engineer, and the Turner brothers, who were his car owners, were in, in a way a product of the time. And in a way, maybe a little ahead of the time. So the 78 that Gary was racing in 1973 was actually a modified with no body. They had a way of being able to take the body off to run it as a super, put the body back on to run it as a modified. Now, they weren't the only ones who did that. I think Joe McGarry also 
if I remember correctly, did that as well. So that idea in and of itself wasn't totally unique, but they were the most successful. Um, Gary had some top five finishes. That car, the Super, would (laughs) run like Jack the Bear on the outside of the track, as I remember. It was really, really good on the top. He could drive around the top like nobody's business. But it was bulky and heavy. Um, And eventually, there was some sort of a technicality um, that some of the other drivers raised as to why that car wasn't legal and why those heavier chassis shouldn't be allowed anymore to compete with the current super of the day just because of the difference in weight and size and whatever. I don't know. There was some controversy there somewhere. I've never quite gotten the full explanation. But anyways, I don't even know if there was ever a big announcement about that particular car being banned. But they just stopped racing it as a super after 73. And I'm not even sure they made the full 73 season with it, but uh, they may have. I I can't remember. Maybe it even went into, I guess, maybe into 74 before all that happened. Um, But there was a point where... They went ahead and built a super, a brand new super. And so after, and by the way, Gary won a couple of times at a Swiggo with that car as a modified. And he actually, and this doesn't get nearly as much publicity as it should. Because everybody talks about Nolan Swift coming from two laps behind to win the classic. Um, and Conium's drive in the champagne or engine in 79 to make up one lap and take the lead and you know it drives so spectacular got the car banned got all in his band but nobody talks about gary Riker. supposedly i say supposedly i i allegedly i guess he did it nobody's disputing it um i just didn't see it so that's kind of why i said supposedly but nobody talks about um gary's making up two laps to win the 73 modified 200 Nobody talks about that. And to me, that's a way bigger accomplishment because there were a lot more competitive modifieds in that day in the modified 200 than there would have been even in the classic that Swifty ran and made up two laps to win. That tends to be, that was a, at that time, the classic was a real endurance race. And, you know, there were, there was always a, a pretty good amount of attrition. So while I'm not, diminishing Nolan's accomplishment in doing what he did. I'm just saying that if I look at the two, I think there were probably 65, 70 modifieds there that day. Um, And so Gary making up two laps to win that 200 is pretty incredible. So I I really, uh, that doesn't get nearly enough publicity, but um and then I think he won uh, maybe the Port City in 74, maybe, I think, potentially. Um, I'm, again, you'll you'll correct me. I do all this out of my head because it's more fun that way. And it keeps my brain challenged, and my brain needs it the last couple of years. <laughs> it feels like um, data is uh, flying the coop out of the brain 
at a rapid pace here anymore, and only rereading the programs keeps me kind of connected to all of that uh, period of my youth, which I, um, which I, I don't want to lose the memories of all that racing. So anyhow, the uh, they built a brand new super for Gary, and this one to me was why I say they may have been a little ahead of their time. They actually built a car that had a big giant blower on the thing. Um, and it, I feel like that car, if you, uh, and I'm sure maybe somebody that listens to this show can grab a, I'm sure somebody that listens to this show is going to have a picture of it. Maybe they can throw it in the group. Um, so in one of the super modified groups, so people can see this is the car Tom was talking about with the blower. Um, when that car came out, I feel like that car, much like the close 69 super, um, that had the turbo in it. Um, you know, I, I feel like those two cars were slightly ahead of their time technologically. Like, I feel like if you, if, if maybe if, if that if if those two ideas would have happened in the 80s or the 90s um where the the technology the blower the turbo maybe maybe they could have somehow made it work but it 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 feels like uh i felt like with that 78 super and the 69 super both of them i think were um almost ahead of their time and they in and there just wasn't the understanding or the ability to adapt all of that, um, that, that power and that, that, um, I don't even know what the word is I want, but that, that increased technology to, um, a short track race car. Maybe the tires weren't ready for it. You know, just it, they couldn't make it work. So they ran it for a little while like that. Couldn't make it work. They took the blower off, put, you know, regular, um, put, uh, uh, regular, uh, fuel injection or carburetor or whatever back in, um, and, uh, and continued on with it And the car ran for a couple of years. Gary drove it, uh, man, um, I want to say maybe to the end of 75 and then he retired, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And again, I think this I may have my years mixed up, but I think he, he raced it in uh, 75 full season, I think, and then retired. And then I think uh, in 76, uh, Dutch Hogue was the first driver for it. And then Dutch uh, had a couple of really actually good runs. Uh, Dutch, by the way, for those of you who don't know, father of Dean grandfather of Alex. Um, so there, uh, Dutch was a really, really good race car driver. And he was a driver that I, he, he was kind of on his way out when I, you know, first started going. So I didn't get to see a lot of Dutch racing in a lot of his career, but I wish I would have because, uh, Dutch was really, really good. He was one of that sort of breed of drivers in the modifieds, especially, but he gave the super modified a couple of pretty good runs. And then, um, God, something happened. Uh, 
I, I'm trying to remember if he got sick. Maybe he needed surgery of some kind, maybe a knee or a hip or some something along those lines. Anyways, for, for some medical reason, he had to step away. Um, they tried a few other drivers in the car. Baldy Baker, I remember getting in it one night, and I don't know why in the world I remember that. Um, but I, I remember Baldy getting in it one night and, again, was fairly fast with it. Um, and then... Uh, I know Mike Losher was supposed to drive it, but I don't think Mike ever did. Um, but he may have. And I think the last guy to race it was Bobby Murs, another modified driver from Western New York. Um, I think Bobby ran maybe a few races in it. Um, I know he ran the classic. Um and uh, I think after 76, I don't think the car came back. I think that was it. And I think that was it for the Turner brothers. Um, Gary Reichert came back in the early 80s, maybe 81, 82. 82 seems realistic to me, 82. Um, driving a different car, a modified, um, that was number 88. And uh, had, to, again, a couple good runs at a swigger with it. And I think that was it. I think he was gone. And um, so Gary Gary was out a while and came back, drove that 88 car, and it went away. And um, the Turner brothers, like I said, I don't think they came back after 76, if I remember correctly. But that that number, I think, is, is um, really kind of ingrained with most older fans with Gary Riker, 78. Um, now, since then... Um, if I remember correctly, again, I'm, I, uh, I believe that if you want to get kind of technical, they had a match race at some point, early nineties ish for wing supers. This was before we ever ran an actual wing feature at Oswego, um, in the modern era, they had a, a match race. And I think Billy Vukovic, the third was number seventy eight, I think. Again, I'm 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 not sure, but I think that was right. And then um of course in the in the recent times, Mark Sammet out of Canada has always been the uh the seventy eight car and he's run a number of times at Oswego as well, both in Isma shows and he's run some non wing shows, has run a couple of classics. Um and I'm sure there's probably been a couple of others that I just uh, I'm forgetting about. I was trying to think if there was one in the uh, SBS or slash limited super division and that it didn't ring a bell to me uh, that there was any. But um, I'm sure you all can, uh, can can fill in some gaps. But I feel like the 78 was very because of Gary and the Turner brothers and, and, and the way that they went about doing things with the uh, convertible modified slash super and then the, the big blower on the, on the new super. And that was a really cool looking car, too. It, uh, um, it just felt like they never quite got all out of that car that they had hoped or that they wanted to. Um, and it's, it is hard when you're rotating drivers, I think, especially when you never have gotten a setup that you were happy with. And then you're still rotating drivers and all drivers like a different feel. And they're, you're trying to 
So, but the Turner brothers um, were great people. Gary Reichert was a, a really, really nice guy. And I always thought that Gary was a, a, a good racer. And, um, you know, he, he, uh, he got easily the most out of the equipment that, that he had. Uh, incidentally, if, if you want to, I, I guess, go a little further with this, um, if you want to say that uh, that 78 convertible, if you will, super slash modified, if you want to count that anybody who drove the modified also drove the super because that was basically the chassis, um, then you could throw, I believe, Chuck Siprich ran that a couple times, and so did Jimmy Winks. So there's a couple of other guys you could toss in there, but they drove it as a modified and not as a super. So kind of fun to 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 do that and and to look back um and i'm sure you know some of you may have even some stories about gary and the turner brothers but um incidentally the very first time i ever raced myself um was in a go-kart at indoors at syracuse which is a terrible way to start a racing career by the way i do not recommend it for anybody i was about geez i was probably 32 or 33 years old um, and, uh, it was for, uh, a, uh, it was for, uh, a, a son, um, it, one of the Turner brothers sons, what I believe was the, the, the guy who owned the cart, super, super nice guy was really happy to let me race it. He was, um, he was a linebacker. He was, <laughs> he was a big guy. <laughs> um, he was uh, he was in the super heavy class, and I wasn't yet uh, super heavy eligible. But I ran, so I ran his cart. Gosh, I don't know, stock medium maybe or stock heavy. I don't remember. Um, and the seat was about twice my size, so it was it was it was interesting. But we were both similar height. I think, as I remember it, I think he was, he was just bigger than I was. And, um, it, uh, I was racing it and I ended up, I made the feature and I remember, I think I was in like, I don't know, sixth or seventh out of about 10, um, not doing too bad, but nothing to really write about. And, um, I somehow, I don't know if, if I was like, if I collided, I don't remember if I collided with another cart or whatever, but I ended up, um, they had actually the, the foam blocks, it, it, you know, to make the outer wall. And I, and, and when I caught the foam with my right rear, it kind of launched me in the air and I was up on, I literally had three wheels off the ground. It was us. <laughs> and I, I didn't actually roll over or flip or anything. I came back down, but it was, uh, it, it, all we broke was, uh, I think, uh, I don't even remember what we broke. Just, it was just, um, something in the, the, uh, steering, maybe a, a, a bolt or, or something. I can't remember steering. I, I don't even remember what it was. Um, but broke, just something. It was nothing that was any big deal anyway. Um, but it was enough that I couldn't continue in my feature. Um, he was able to race his and, uh, man, I just was, uh, that was (laughs) like, like, what am I doing here? But it was a lot of fun and, and, uh, enjoyed racing carts while I did. But, um, it, uh, 
yeah, they were they were really nice people, and uh, just a lot of fun and and in, enjoyable to to have at the track. Uh, Gary was uh, fun to watch, and always uh, put on a good show with that big old white seventy eight, and then uh, the new car uh, as well. And um, that's that to me is you know with all due respect to Mark Samet. Uh, the, the 78 for me will always be associated with Gary Riker and the Turner brothers. Um, so anybody got any other 78s or any other drivers that uh, I forgot, feel free to drop them in the comments. And, um, you know, just a whole lot of, a uh, whole lot of fun back then with all the variety that was on the track in the uh, mid seventies. That was the true period of uh, really innovation and, just people trying different things and a lot of home built stuff. You didn't have, you know, you had a few kind of mass producers. Show car came along eventually, and um, I mean, you had a few Swift chassis out there, but most of them were ones he'd driven. I think the only one he purpose built for someone else was for Leon Weiske. Um, and that was mostly in Michigan, though he did run a lot at Oswego with it too. But he was a Michigan racer. Um, you just didn't have too many mass producers back then. So there was a lot of variety in the look and the uh, design and um, people tried different things with motors and, um, you know, just all kinds of things. Uh, and it was just so much fun. Uh, you, you know, you never really knew from one week to the next. There were cars um, like uh, the C-15, Hermie Graff's car, uh, Steve Miller's 16, um, you know, even Ralph Wissing's four, although Gary Kelly was, he drove it the most. But I remember, you know, there were plenty of other drivers even back in that period. Um, Ronnie McLeod, I remember a time or two in it, maybe Bruce Kraft, um, you know, and Kraft was. And then again, you had drivers like Kraft that rotated around. So he was in the 15 for a little bit, ran his own car, um, jumped in the four one night, uh, you know. Sammy Carista was another one. He was back and forth between his own 30 and the 37 car, which also had Freddie Graves and Jim Muldoon and Ronnie Graves and Mike Rizzo drove it for an invitational race. And, you know, they're just so that it was, it was interesting. Um, you never knew who was going to be in some of those cars from one week to the next. And that made it fun and made it different and kind of changed it up a little bit, but there's your number 78. Um, that's, um, uh, that that was uh, like I said to me anyway. I think that number represents a very fascinating, um, you know, moment in Speedway history with the Turner brothers and and the way that they went about things because they, you know, they were very uh, unique and different in in the the few short years that they raced at Oswego. Um, they brought something very unique and very different in that car. Incidentally, that that modified slash super. Um, I've forgotten exactly where it is, but it's still intact. Somebody's got it. Um, it's uh, the body's on it. I mean, it's a mod- It's it's kind of like it was when it was the modified. Uh, I can't remember who has it, but I the last I knew, I think somebody had it. In fact, I want to say that a handful of years ago that showed up, and it may have been at one of the old timers reunions. Um, I'm not sure, but I I think I remember seeing it at the track one of the nights I was up there. Maybe within the last, you know, six, seven years. Uh, but I can't remember who has it. Maybe somebody can can tell us that. But um, that would be a, a fun car to have because, again, that represented a, a really uh, cool period in, um, in Super Modified and the Swiggo Speedway history. 
So there you go. Uh, I think we're done for today. <laughs> I think that's enough. Uh, we look forward. I'm, I'm going to try hard to get Jeff Abel for next week. So I'm announcing it now. That means I got to do it. So, uh, Jeff, if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> be prepared, bud. Let's, uh, let's have a conversation on the next week's show. Um, we'll talk about your win at uh, Sandusky on Friday and, and who knows what else. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll work on uh, getting Jeff for next week and uh, want to try to catch up uh, with Allison uh, Slode as well. So if anybody knows uh, – can get uh, get me in touch with Allison. That would be awesome. Um, so um, look forward, hopefully, to having those two. We're going to try to get uh, a couple of the drivers from the SBS division in the weeks uh, leading up to the Classic as well. Um, definitely, uh, you know, want to get to Noah Ratcliffe, uh, hopefully, and, um, uh, you know, and try to get some of the younger drivers that, that uh, have really – uh, you know, done so well here, um, you know, over the last uh, couple of months because it really has been a, a story of the rookies and, and the younger drivers, uh, you know, with the exception of Danny Kay, who's done super well and, uh, you know, won, um, won a number of races. Uh, you know, you've got a number of drivers who don't get a lot of attention and really haven't gotten a lot of attention, Um up to now and so we'll try to get uh get some of those guys on as well so uh excited for what's to come um you know i i uh mentioning danny k um boy wouldn't it be something i mean it seems like the uh, sbs classic is a mike bond benefit anymore but wouldn't it be something if uh danny k could ever pull that off uh you know the the history um, his father's time there and, you know, what his his family has meant, uh, he and his family have meant to so many people there at Oswego. Would love, love, love to see Danny uh, go out and get that classic win. Uh, and it's been good to see him having some good success this year. He's uh, worked very hard for a long time to have a season like this, and I'm happy for him. So um, we'll, uh, we'll definitely see what we can do for guests going forward here. Uh, as we count down to Classic here, we're officially on as of today. So uh, the countdown to Classic shows will start and run the entire month of August, and we'll try to, um, you know, try to to bring uh, something fresh to it uh, as we get closer. And um, you know, we'll uh, we'll talk. We'll get Jody London on at some point in the next few weeks too, and let him talk uh, a little bit uh, about the. Uh, uh, the compacts and um, the, of course, the Dave London Memorial Superstock race. So we'll have him on in August as well. So hope that you all enjoyed this show. Thanks to Rich Worth and the folks at JNS Paving. Um, and also thanks to Jeff West and everybody with IPC Indy, Indy Performance Composites. And of course, uh, to all of the folks, Sean Cathcart, the staff at Skip's Fish Fry and LaGroff's pub really really appreciate their support and appreciate all of you listening please share these shows so that um everybody can have a chance to listen um until next time next week enjoy king of wings everybody i hope everybody is safe i'm going to put this together and um and get things wrapped up here so i can sit down and um, get a preview of the Red Creek Rocket book. So <laughs> we'll talk to you all next week. Have a great weekend. So long. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy. 
creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting